0: Insurers aren't necessarily crap at marketing, but they haven't had to be good at it.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Instec London podcast. This is Matthew Grant, partner at Instec London. And for this episode, we are bringing you part one of our marketing of innovation in insurance event that we held on the 30th of April. Marketing insurance is tough. So we set about to show some of the innovation that is happening around marketing itself. And we had a great evening uh, when disappointed by some of the things we learned. First up is Robin Mertens talking to Paul Doran, VP of Marketing from Insure, who provide insurance for professional drivers, uh, including those working for Uber. Uh, next, we have Paul Glenn, Commercial Director from Gobsmack, talking about some of the cash rewards they're providing as part of the insurance purchase. Carlos Wung-Fupai from AM Best and Dan White from Nighty Consulting talk about AM Best's new rating methodology which has generated a lot of interest uh, across the innovation world and insurance. Uh, Ninety themselves have got their own innovation maturity audit and so Robin is talking to both AMBEST and Ninety about both of those and then finally Milan Sood, Head of Innovation for AXA is back talking about how they are working with partners to promote AXA uh, both directly and through their third parties. We'll return next week with part two. In the meantime, you can learn more about what we're doing at InState London from www.instatelondon along with commentary, photos and news of future events.
2: Paul Doran, who's who's the VP of um, Marketing at uh, InShore. Um, what we sought to address when we were uh, running this event was who of the inshore techs has picked up a reputation for t- doing marketing really well. And we're going to examine two things. We're going to examine B to C marketing, those people who are going direct to consumer and, and marketing well and later on we're going to discuss B to B marketing uh, and those people who are who are uh, uh, addressing a different issue which is how to get to brokers centre. So um, Paul, firstly, for those who don't know, what, insure, what does Insure do? Um,
3: thank you for the introduction. Uh, and uh, I guess a quick overview of, of what the product does. We provide uh, a commercial insurance product for... Uh, the easiest way to describe is, is uh, uh, Uber drivers. So uh, a commercial insurance product for Uber drivers where they can quote, buy, and then manage a policy all via their mobile phone in about three minutes. Um, which is classically a process for uh, your average Uber driver that might take three hours, it might take three days. Uh, so we've, we've whittled the, the, the experience and, and the process down to a time that's much more acceptable for a driver who, who lives and dies by time and, and is um, incredibly focused on, on earning money as, as fast as possible.
2: I think based on some of the Uber drivers I've been with, if you can get them to buy insurance, that's a pretty uh, powerful tool. Um, LAUGHTER so, but, look, how do you market to these people? i mean they 're not you know people who would naturally you market to
3: yeah they 're a really fascinating audience, and I, I think um, when I took this job two and a half years ago, I, I kind of I fell into it, more than took it. but taxi insurance is is not necessarily that sexy, um, and it 's compounded by the fact that you 're dealing with a, a hugely diverse audience, um, customer base. If you think about New York, there's huge Hispanic community. In, in the UK, there's big Bangladeshi. Um, so you have this massive diversity, and that, that really is a challenge. And I think one of the things we've done and worked very hard to do is 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 uh, show empathy. Um, drivers uh, often are on the first rung of the ladder in a city. Uh, driving for Uber is, is a way to quite quickly earn some money, and they f- uh, work hand-to-mouth. They, they will... They will earn the money that day and, and put money on the uh, food on the table, or send money home by transfer wise. And you know, I think understanding that and showing some empathy has gone has taken us a long way. I think um, insurers the world over have realised they need to treat customers better. You take a look inside the dark world of kind of taxi insurance; uh, customers are treated really, really poorly. And so, anything that we do is is incredibly well received. Um, so, affinity. Um, I think being active in their communities is, is something that we've, we've worked hard to do. We launched a product really, really fast. And rather than trying to market a bad product, we iterated. We, we, we used the, the first probably, um, I think it was about eight months, of, of this uh, MVP, a minimum viable product, as testing. And, and we proved a business case very, very quick, but we saw its failings. And rather than kind of plowing on, trying to tell everyone it's the best product in the world, uh, we reinvented the product. Um, we had some real issues with... with uh, we'd, we'd effectively built a, a mobile front-end business with a fax machine at the back end, uh, a panel of carriers, a mobile front-end panel of carriers, and we were trying to manage that process, and it was failing. We, it was incredibly difficult. And so we, we iterated. We, we, we moved really fast... Um, we sought the help of partners. We uh, ended up uh, very happily in, in a relationship with MRDP, with Munich Re, uh, who understood very quickly what we were trying to do and the idea of a kind of a straight-through process of being able to deliver a real-time price uh, very, very quickly.
2: What data sources does one rely on? You know.
3: Yeah, I mean, our business is, is one big data cube, uh, uh, and I think it, it's what we hope sets us apart. We, we are learning how best to get data out of the business out of everything we do every time we connect a driver we're pulling in data we're, we're looking at trips we're looking at location we're looking at uh, uh, telematics we ask you know relatively few questions for a uh, an application process maybe you have 25 in a classic insurance quote process we we ask about i think maybe Five, but in the background, we are pulling in data all the time from publicly available sources in New York or uh, through partnerships that we have uh, with with other companies. So, data absolutely is is the beating heart of what we do. Uh, I think beyond that, it's it's working out how to to monetize it, and I think make it make it valuable to customers, not just taking data from them for for. Uh, the sake of it, it is finding ways to actually give them some benefit back. So if they're a good driver, they get a better return. If they're, you know, uh, uh, open and honest with us, they get a better uh, uh, return. And, uh, you know, I think we, we act uh, as fairly and, and amicably as we can. And, and I think, again, that set, that sets us apart.
2: Uh, if I recall right, you've got a re- referral scheme, is that right? Do you, do you use that to get to more people?
3: Yeah, drivers are uh, incredibly well connected. If you are uh, a Dominican driver, Dominican drivers make up probably 70% of the market in New York. If you're a Dominican driver, you have a brother, a, a cousin, a, uh, a relative who, who, who also drives. And, and we identified this this. Ripple that, that would often happen once we kind of infiltrated some of the communities that drivers would tell one another uh, They're mini entrepreneurs. They're, they're fabulous fabulous characters that they are really entrepreneurial and everyone's got a hustle Everyone's got a network. Everyone can help you But we, we formalized a, a program with some of our most influential drivers our most engaged drivers small community about 800 and at the time we were we were unfunded um, so it was what I call a, a Blue Peter approach where you literally stick software together to make an automated process. And, and we incentivized drivers to uh, invite their network to come and try the app. Uh, that was very important that we weren't incentivizing uh, a quote or, or a purchase, but just to download and try the app, uh, not to fall foul of, uh, of any regulators. And it really has taken off um, we are uh, now funded and are now looking at an automated platform to help us um, make that process work much more seamlessly. So from giving a driver a dashboard to see that he's got, and sadly it is he, uh, the 96% are, are male, um, how many links he's invited and how many drivers have engaged in his, w- with his link, how much revenue he's making, and, and we get a management dashboard to see all the drivers that are inviting um, others to our, to our product and that is a, a, a huge focus for us because that's advocacy from within it's not paying google it's not you know paying for our party in facebook uh it's real advocacy from customers that have, have experienced the product and said actually this has worked for me i'll share it with you
2: paul thank you very <laughs> much indeed very thank, you. You. thank you So, everyone, this is um, Paul II, Paul Glenn. Paul Glenn is the um, founding partner of a very interesting business uh, called Gobsmack. Now, for reasons you're about to find out about, a lot of you won't have heard about it, but in terms of insurance marketing, I think it's a, um, a fascinating play. Before I steal your thunder, what does Gobsmack do?
4: Uh, Gobsmack is, um, has created a B2B to C. Uh, digital platform, which is simply aimed at improving uh, customer, consumer, and to an extent SME retention in businesses that have a recurring expenditure. So, initially, you start off with insurance. At the centre of the business is a branded, client-branded digital wallet into which cash accumulates. We'll come on to, I guess, how that happens, but that's that's the centre of the business.
2: So. Um Whose idea was it, and how did it sort of work? Tell me about the story, because it's nice Well,
4: story. I mean, I've had 30 years in the insurance industry. Um, I came into this by meeting the main founder of the business, a guy called John Shaw. Um, he had, he's a branding um, expert, been in branding businesses all his life. Um, he was in the banking sector. He then moved into the insurance sector via a connection with a guy called Max Carruthers, who's our chairman. Max has had a lifelong career in insurance he was CEO of AXA at the time uh, well he'd left actually He'd retired and gone back to AXA as a consultant he rang John up he'd come across John in a past life and said I've got a rewards program at AXA which isn't working too well can you come along and help so John went in to see what the problem was said yes I agree it's rubbish it's not working very well um, but there's a I'm not going to just give away the answer there's a business here and this, this, this sort of stemmed from what, I mean, others have said this already. I mean, I think we all appreciate how generally appallingly badly um, insurers treat customers. Um, and it's, it's very easy to, to identify. If you take the average motor customer, comes into a, a product sort of day one, first, first um, time he's insured with a particular insurer, uh, he's enticed in on a very cheap premium, comes in, possibly bought it through an aggregator, Uh, comes up to renewal. Now, insurers generally work on the basis that 30 to 40% of their customers are going to sleepwalk through the renewal process, so they um, increase the premium, let's say, substantially at renewal. Some people sleepwalk through it, don't notice, just pay. Others do notice, go back to the aggregator, get a a cheaper price. The best bit for me is they then say to their current insurer, I've just got a much cheaper deal. Uh, What's going on? And they say, oh, don't worry, we'll match it. Now, if that's not an appalling way to treat an insurance customer, I don't know what it is. So the whole point of this was to create a new value proposition between insurers and their customers and to, to try and create some sort of positive value exchange, which really shouldn't be very difficult because it's so appallingly bad to start with. So that's how it, it was born. So where have you got to?
2: Have you got got customers?
4: Uh, yes, we are, we've been live now with more than um, for 15 months. It's fair to say that 2018 was very much... I use the word pilot, um, we learnt a lot together. Um, obviously, the centre of the business is a software play. And guess what? We had some tech issues initially. So more than that have been brilliant in terms of learning with us throughout 2018. Um, it's gone out to proper volume with more than the first quarter of this year. Uh, we I can't say who it is, but we're just about to launch tomorrow with a very large UK insurer. It's our second major client. Um, We've also got a very large travel business, which is not insurance as you've probably guessed, um, which launches early June. Um, We have another insurer, smaller one, launching September and we have a good pipeline in the UK and potentially overseas as well.
2: So I'm intrigued, can you sell this to all insurers or does it stop being a differentiating tool once they've all got it?
4: Um, That's a very good question. No, our aim is not to try and saturate the UK market with this for obvious reasons because the insurers that we are uh, contracted with currently, um, to an extent, want this to be a differentiator for them. So if we try and sell this to every UK insurer going, then clearly that that defeats the object. To an extent, we are not overly worried about how many insurance clients we have. Um, For us, it's all about customer exposure. So all we want to see is that any insurance partner... Is going to expose it to enough of its customers quickly enough to enable us to get traction. So, within reason, we don't care whether we've got two insurance clients or ten, but it isn't ten for the reasons I've said. And so, beyond the UK, um, we'll get into we, we've got opportunities overseas, the US being the obvious one, and elsewhere in Europe. So, through our connections with more than already, we're talking about. Uh, um, spreading this to some of their uh, affiliates in Europe um, and Canada.
2: So, if someone is interested, they should come and talk to you. You're not maxed out just yet?
4: No, we are not maxed out just yet um, in terms of clients or funds, actually. <laughs>
2: Well, that's another question. If you're rushing off to the far corners of the world, where are you with money? Have got
4: plenty? We're on, our, we're on our fourth fundraise at the moment. Um, we're currently most of the way through a current raise, which is um, we're after about three million quid. Uh, we could do with another million reasonably quickly, um, but we're fine. But the, the next three to four months is crucial because we will have a lot of data on some high-volume business to, to really prove the algorithm.
2: And what, So what's customer feedback like? I mean, you know, given you're addressing a very big issue, you must by now have some sense of whether it's addressed the underlying issue of improving sort of loyalty. And
4: um, yeah, I mean, uh, insurers, uh, it, it solves lots of problems for insurers. So as far as clients are concerned, as in insurance clients, um, it gives them a completely new channel of um, interaction with their customer base. Uh, it gives them um, new marketing rights under GDPR. So as a result of signing up to the rewards program, they are effect, they are signing a separate set of T's and C's, which means the insurer can communicate to them about offers that the program gives, which can include uh, discounted offers on the insurer's own products. So whereas before they may not have had marketing rights, they now have marketing rights. They can talk to their customers about additional products as part of the program. So it solves a number of issues for the insurer. It improves retention. That's the main thing, um, which, as many of you will know, is extremely valuable to an insurer to get his retention rates up. As far as the, cu- the customers themselves are concerned, the consumers, I mean, we're seeing phenomenal uh, interest. I mean, there's various stages of registration onto the program, um, and these include uh, the ability to register a credit or debit card. You can register up to 15. They don't have to do that, but we encourage them to do that. There's a browser plugin. We're getting something like 35% of people registering with the program downloading the plugin, which means which makes online shopping very easy. And it means the cash can accumulate into the digital wallet in a virtually frictionless manner. Um, we're getting, we ask people to tell us what their interests are, so shopping categories. We've got something like 40% of people who are registering, interacting with the proposition to tell us that, which is fantastic. Uh, the average card registration rate per consumer is about 1.7 cards per consumer, which has blown us away. We never thought we'd get that high. So the, the, the reaction so far has been very positive.
2: Paul, thank you. So if you've got a spare million, come and talk to Paul. Uh, and if you, want, uh, if you work for an insurance company that needs a uh, loyalty scheme, he's also your man. Paul Doran, thank you very much indeed. The announcement that has most captured uh, the kind of imagination and uh, a talking point for us innovators in the last few weeks has been AM Best's announcement that they're going to add the ability to innovate as a rating criteria so, we thought the first thing we would do is get Carlos along here, who is the um your role is the senior director of uh, a m best How I know from long experience that the insurance industry is um not quite uh necessarily ready to engage. What are you expecting as a result of this mm-hmm. what are you are you expecting? studied silence or are we expecting
5: people to rush to your door and ask you what they need to do well until now we have actually had a very positive response on this say this hasn't been just something that came out of the blue in march this year in the last two years uh, there has been uh, quite a lot of interaction with the industry we carried a survey in september 2018 with a very high level of participation, around 90% of respondents. Um, And the the outcome of this was that definitely it is something that companies consider very important, very relevant. From a ratings agency point of view, it is an element that we can see as long-term, a good indicator and differentiator of financial strength, which is eventually what we are after. So um, there are questions, definitely, yeah. Say, uh, writing contacts, one of the main questions they are asking is what else do we need to do? Say, how much work, uh, in addition to the work that they already do when they interact with us, um, are required? And uh, the, the, the other point is, obviously, say, what sort of impact they expect to have in the ratings. In answer to that, what we are saying is it's going to be a gradual process. It's something that we think that we have already been doing, but we want to give it a bit more structure. Um, And at this stage, we are not expecting any material impact on writing outcomes. It is something that, say, with time, is going to start having more and more weight into the writing process as a whole.
2: Well on behalf of all innovators you know, thank you very much because it has got people talking and it has created some external driver which might well be a mm-hmm. powerful force for good. Don't move because I'm going to ask Dan Up to, my, to the far left Dan White who's the managing partner of 90 uh, a, glo- a gold sponsor of ours and good friend to Instech London um, Dan has been innovating uh, in insurance around uh, product and has a very uh, well thought of uh, Insurance Product Design Agency, so um, look you 're steeped in this stuff. What do you think insurers is going to do as a result of the AM best announcement
6: I think the, 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 the announcement from AM best is something that we welcome uh, very wholeheartedly. We think that as a, as a formal recognition of the link between innovation uh, maturity and innovation effectiveness on one hand and financial performance on another, we think it 's a really strong validation of the work that we do. Um, I've brought with me a handful of copies, pre-release copies of a report, uh, a white paper that one of my colleagues has written, which is looking at the direct relationship between innovation and insurance and company value. And there's a lot of evidence um, behind uh, that link. A bunch of positives, Robin, in in what we see in the Best announcement. We're going to be um, responding to the consultation. Thank you for the uh, opportunity to do so. Some of the positives, really, the, the fact that you're looking at the at the long-term outcomes of innovation rather than just the activity. Um, secondly, the emphasis on people and the people involved in the process—they make innovation happen. And it's a lot to do with character and personality. Um, and third, the um, the level of transformation, kind of indication that you're going to provide there—that's going to provide a sector-wide view of how disruptive are things. Um, so those are all um, positives and to be welcomed.
2: But if you're an insurer and you're advising insurers, what are you going to tell insurers to address in the knowledge that AM Best are going to come calling at some point and they need to be m- seen to be more effective at this mm-hmm. stuff?
6: I think we, we wouldn't particularly change our tune, which was that doing innovation well is good for your business. And regardless of whether AM Best are going to be crawling over things to put a score on it, you should be doing it because it's the right thing to do. Um, day-to-day practice, the execution of disciplined innovation is what matters. And it's actually very, very nuanced as a thing. Um, so there are a number of questions that we've got around the methodology, which we'll be submitting in our in our response to the consultation. Um, some of these are around things like the importance that we see in incremental innovation, horizon one, the kind of small scale stuff, which we believe if you do a lot of that well, actually, that gives you more competitive advantage than doing one or two big things, which can be more, more, more easily copied. Um, so that uh, I'd like to see a little bit more in the, uh, in the methodology. Um, a greater emphasis on customer-led innovation, having I mean, customers in the room doing innovation as close as possible to the customer rather than in the center of the business. Um, one of the things I'm, I'm conscious of is the, is the difference in innovation intensity between different categories of innovation. We're running a, an interesting study at the moment called the Idea Pulse, where we're taking the temperature of innovation across the whole um, innovation market globally. And we're seeing a really strong difference between um, categories like um, personalized car and life insurance. Big, big differences in how intense and how mature innovation is taking place. So I think there's, there's a, something to be thought through in that. And also I have a mild concern that the, that, the, that the score could be gamed.
2: You've been providing this health check for some time. I mean, is that a tool that you think the industry could use to kind of um, assess... Uh, its readiness for an, H, uh, for an AM Best you know, um, uh, credit review type approach?
6: It could be. I think the, um, what matters is to, is to take a real look under the hood of the insurance business in every kind of area and work out where are we good at innovating, where are we poor at innovating, what are the things that are holding us back and dealing with those um, and doing more of the things that are, that are good behaviour. So with the clients that we've worked with, we've been rolling out a health check tool that we call the, the maturity audit, which is looking specifically for many of the things that you're going to be looking for, actually. Um, and I thought I'd share a few of the findings that we've seen when we've run that on on some of the insurers, probably some of the ones in this business, actually, uh, in this room, actually. Um, so just a few interesting findings which might be useful on this. First is um, insurers tend to rate themselves very strong on strategy, but quite poor on execution. So they've got a good innovation vision, very poor at the disciplined delivery. This is self-rated, okay? Um, second thing we see in this is that management tend to score themselves better at innovation than the staff do there's quite a strong difference there and, and that's, that's one of my worries about the scores that you might get um, and then a couple of kind of specifics here a third of, a third of the, the insurers or people within insurers who we've surveyed here didn't know whether their own chief exec monitored or had an active interest in innovation That's a third of people not knowing whether their CEO cared about innovation we think that's shocking. Possibly more shocking when we looked at the gender split um, in innovation practice women um, within insurers are reporting in our, in our health checks about 20% less sense of empowerment of engagement or envisionment in the innovation process so 20% less likely to submit ideas than a man. We think that's shocking right? but what, what's cool about this kind of detail is that it allows you to do something about it. You can target interventions against this stuff um, so to answer, sorry, you're slightly long-winded by your question, then yes, the, the kind of health check that we run um, in principle might be a, an interesting kind of start point. To well, I think it'll turn up align. things that
2: are far more exciting than um, simply are you any good at innovating. Uh, if people are interested in, 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 in running a sort of um, preview, if they, if they want to know more about it, what do they do?
6: Our website, 90.com, um, get in touch. it be good to talk to you.
2: Carlos, are you any thoughts on that? Anything you want to follow up with?
5: No, I think that, say, we, we've been discussing with several parties uh, and we're open to new ideas, so it will be definitely interesting to hear from you. Um, part of the, say, the, the, the ultimate objective of the project is to have these scores actually published, so we are very well aware that companies will try to start benchmarking against each other, and, uh, say, any point of reference will be helpful.
2: Italy. Thank you. Both. Thank you very much. That was terrific. Thank you for your contribution. This is um, Milan uh, Sud, who is the head of innovation at AXA Partners. Um, we all know AXA, but what part does partners play in that huge group?
0: Yeah, so uh, it's it's... Sometimes slightly confusing for me, so I can imagine externally it's even more so. But uh, AXA Partners um, predominantly make it easy for other organizations to do insurance. So um, we allow other organizations to take our products and distribute them to their customer base. Um, traditionally, we've been in the um, insurance sector, so um, allowing other insurers to to sell our products. But increasingly, um, as an organization, we've kind of gone through... Um, what startups go to through a certain extent, which is um, we'll try and do everything B to C. And, you know, that's great to a certain extent. And when you work for an organization like AXA and have the history and the scale and the brand and the marketing budget, that's, that, that's good. But actually, we've recognized there's huge rewards in more of an ecosystem play. So um, we are now basically allowing our insurance products to be distributed by a whole range of uh, organizations from retail, telco um, travel companies, utilities, you name it, we're going after them in terms of allowing them to, to distribute insurance.
2: So is that what I call b 2 b to c with you doing the B and somebody else doing the B2C?
0: Yeah, precisely that. Um, we recognise that organisations outside of sector have fantastic relationships with their customers. Their customers of, um, quite often have more affiliation to their brand and we have thought, why the hell are we um, trying and going out and, and build all of that when they have these good relationships already that we can leverage, allow them to drive ancillary revenues uh, alongside their, their core products uh, and, and basically uh, leverage the goodwill that their customers often
2: have with them. So someone else do your marketing for you? To a certain like extent, yeah. Clever.
0: I think it's about recognising what you're, what you're very good at, uh, especially when you're, you're in an industry that's, that's being disrupted you should really focus on uh, fundamentally what you're very good at and, and try and build out from there. So we are very good at doing insurance, um, and we recognize there are a whole range of organizations who are, um, to a certain extent, better than us at doing marketing. So why would we not work with those organizations to distribute our product?
2: Very smart. Now, and um, what uh, what sort of organizations are you after? I mean, you know, who, do you, who do you go after? Does it have to have huge scale or is it <coughs> particular things here?
0: So we, we go after a whole range of organisations, you know, one of the fortunate things for working like an, uh, an organisation like ours is that we don't have to necessarily just go straight after the big ticket items that have the immediate scale there and then, although they're fantastic if they fall into our lap, clearly. Um, just recently we've done some deals with organisations like EE, the UK's largest telco, with Scottish Power, one of the big six energy providers, and those those deals are fantastic, but... We're also looking at those organizations who give us longevity in terms of distribution. So we recognize that there are many organizations who have uh, a lot of potential scale, and we're willing to take bets on those organizations, partner with them, um, and hopefully build a, uh, a relationship that allows us to distribute long into the future.
2: I don't know why I'm asking this, but because but it's, it's a dangerous question, but, but why are insurers so crap at marketing? <laughs>
0: I I think insurers aren't necessarily crap at marketing, but they haven't had to be good at it to a certain extent. And the reason for that is we all know that certainly in personal lines insurance, aggregators play a huge part in the way that we distribute our products and services. We know that customer behavior generally dictates that they will come to renewal. Somebody touched on it earlier. They will look for a cheaper price. They will then go back to their insurer who will will try and match it. And it's not a fantastic customer experience, but... um, It's one of those things where you either take a very big gamble and choose not to play in that space, an organisation like Direct Line or someone like that who are are very clear about um, not being in that space, or or you play the game. And actually insurers have have for a long time recognised that they're a necessity purchase, and actually being on these platforms means that they'll probably get enough traffic to continue to drive business. What I'm seeing um, through working across a whole um, range of sectors is that there are organizations who are much better at slotting product into people's lives at the right time. And I think that fundamentally customers, people, are lazy. They don't like to have to go in and put information into a third-party system elsewhere um, to get something. Actually, if an organization can surface the right product at the right time through the right channel, and it's a decent price, they're going to buy that product. Uh, and I think that's where, from a marketing perspective, we have to get much cleverer about how we use data uh, in order to surface the right product for the right customer at the right time, rather than necessarily just being on these generic platforms, which requires a level of proactivity from a customer.
2: So that begs one last question, which is, is the future of marketing for organizations like yours partner, or do you go and nick their ideas and bring <laughs> them back to insurance?
0: Um, I think it comes back to a point that I touched on earlier. We're, we're very good at what we do and we will always improve on what we do. But it's also about recognising that organisations out there, um, whether small or large, have their own skill set, have their own assets and are very good um, at, at what they do in particular. And we very much take a partnership approach. The clue is in the name. AXA Partners. We are not here to come and cannibalise businesses. I've I've worked with organisations who... I've worked with um, fintech uh, companies before and tried to make them pivot. You know, Too many times, ended up killing a business. We're not about that. What we're looking to do is work with um, large industry players who have a certain skill set through to insure techs who have a certain skill set and see how the assets that we have, brand, scale, history, um, a, a fantastic ability to deliver insurance, marries up with what they have to ultimately build a product or build a service. Um, that that really will kind of revolutionise the market.
2: It, I've been banging on about ecosystems for some time. It seems to me that that's lies at the heart of this whole thing. Milan, so thank you very much. Thanks of for course. joining.
0: Thank you, everyone. Cheers.
1: Well, thanks to everybody who joined us for this event and made their way up to Shoreditch, where we were a guests of Amnesty International. Uh, we'll be back next week with the second half of the evening when we heard a little bit more about our companies' uh, marketing uh, and in particular our organizations such as Consiris have been successful of marketing in the uh, b2b space notoriously difficult to break into as an outsider uh, also hearing from companies like Marketing Eye and Slipcase what they are doing to promote insurance companies and innovation in the space and an expert from LinkedIn on how to uh, maximize your presence on LinkedIn. And then finally, we hear about the uh, cyber hack uh, promotion that Hiscox ran, where they had more than 20 million downloads of our video. In the meantime, you can learn more about what we're up to on www.instec.london, including our future events, and can also sign up for our newsletter.